Hi, and welcome to Conversation for the Animals. I am Lisa Tynan with Houston Pet Set, and I am joined today. This is like the greatest day of my life. Um, by the one and only Lisa Hernandez. Hello. Um, for those who have not been following our careers, because who would? Um, we go back to previous employers. We go way back. And this has been like a dream of ours is to do a podcast it together. Really? Which camera? Are we? We're on all cameras. Hello. Which it's, is amazing all in itself. I know. Just multiple cams. Anyway. I know. This is this has been a long time coming. Um, yeah. And, and I think... No time is better than the present when everything is going so well for animal welfare, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so oh, so um, really today I think we have a, a, a unique opportunity to talk about animal welfare from two very different perspectives mm -hmm. because you are – in addition to being on the news, yes. you are also a crazy dog lady. I'm a crazy dog lady, everyone. Yes. <laughs> and that's not a secret. Like, <laughs> no, this is not no, some... No, everyone knows that I am, yeah. Right. I'm the girl. Fully out of control <laughs> with dogs. But you have this... <laughs> is that insulting? No. 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 I'd have it no other way. I know. So so you have this really unique perspective of being in it, in the trenches. I really love getting, it. Caring about it. Caring about mm -hmm. it. And then... Having to report on it. And yeah. I, I have this feeling, obviously, I am don't know from experience, but I have this feeling there's some dissonance there. Yeah. Because it always feels like, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. when, when people are seeing these tragic news stories about animals or hearing about the overcrowded animal shelters that are literally on the news, you know, as we're recording right. this. Right. That people say, oh, I had no idea. Yes. And you're like, well, how? I know. How don't you know? I know. So, so in addition to talking about that, I also want to talk a little bit about how you got into the oh, world. Goodness. Because if if people don't follow you on your social media page, it's 99% it's not, it's dog It's almost 100%. Sometimes my kids make it in there, but it's typically dogs. Right. It's dogs. My okay. husband never makes. He's always like, can I get a picture? Shout out. And no. No. It's all about dogs. He has his own career. He, he can does. take care he, of himself. Exactly right. This is about you. We're right. talking about you today. <laughs> so, and and I do just so, you know, full transparency. Yes. Lisa Hernandez has been involved with Houston Pet Set in the past. You are a fabulous partner. And, oh, gosh. And mouthpiece for us. No, I'm, I'm always um, honored to get a call from one of the twins about, can, can you help in any way? I I. I wish we didn't need the help, but I'm right. always glad to right. spread the message. And if someone is just tuning in, I am obviously not Tina or Tama. I'm filling in for them today. Just as fabulous as <laughs> oh, Lisa Tynan. Thanks. I want to talk. I want to start with how you got into this world. Oh, my goodness. I I grew up loving animals. I always brought strays home. I am from Southern California okay. where we, you, we have our problems with strays, but we have tougher animal welfare legislation on the books oh. in SoCal, in okay. California. Um, so we didn't, I, I wasn't, I was an anchor and reporter in LA, weekend anchor and um, weekday reporter three days a week. Um, and I didn't, I, I really wasn't into the animal welfare scene there because it was pretty heavily covered. Okay. You didn't have, I didn't, I, there were pockets of Los Angeles County and surrounding counties that would have stray issues, but Typically, there was more funding for animal services okay. um, in those jurisdictions, in those municipalities, than what I've encountered here. When I moved to Houston to take a job in 2011, I uh, moved here, was in corporate housing in the Galleria. Then I worked on in-house on Allen Parkway. I didn't go in the field. I was in-house anchoring. And I, ashamed to say, I lived in a bubble. I was yeah. just in a bubble. I had no idea 
the stray situation yeah. was is what it is. I had no clue until um, Mario Gomez, the lovely Mario Gomez, retired. Shout out to Mario. Shout out to Mario, who did all of the mm-hmm. SPCA Pet of the Weeks yeah. that were um, worked hand in hand with KHU, my where I used to work. And um, when he left, they said, "Hey, Lisa, do you want to do this?" And I thought, well, "Yeah, I have two rescues. Sure, yeah. brought him with me from Cali. Let's do it." And that's how I met Lisa. And then you really opened my eyes to like. Listen, sister, (laughs) I mean, this is the Houston SVCA where you were working at the time and um, you just kind of pulled back the curtain for me. And and SVCA was is was run well and was so clean and well kept. And I um, but I had no idea how bad strays had it on the street. What they were living with was completely um, had no idea about heartworm disease. Oh, yeah. Um, The the chaining, the tethering of animals in these awful summers and, and yeah. cold winters and just... Yeah, just, these days we get these days we get now. all of it, right? So I just, until I met you, I d- didn't really have a clue. Then I should probably apologize no. to Joel because <laughs> I didn't know you only had two dogs when we <laughs> yes, met. I only had two. <laughs> two and his. His retriever and my two little oh. um, mutts from California. My bad. No, no. Joel's a big dog lover too. Okay, He's become more so. My husband, by the way, Joel yeah. Blank. Hi, babe. Um, yeah, he is. Is uh, yeah. He, he yeah. We open our doors <laughs> to dogs all the time. So at at what point did you start fostering in all of this? Because was that something where you were like, you know what? I see the problem. I want to foster. Or was it sort of like you fell backwards into? Oops! I accidentally I, picked this dog. Yes, up. that's pretty much how it happened. Okay. It didn't uh, happen until in the weeks after Harvey. Okay. My first ever hurricane experience. Wow. My former employer at KHU, our station flooded during Harvey. Remember, remember that? So we went off the air for a few hours. The contingency plan was always to lease space out at U of H and Third Ward um, in their um, in public Houston Public Media. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Um, forgive me. Um, and leasing their their studio to continue our broadcasting of Harvey. So we moved our engineers, our incredible engineers across the street helped us move and got us in place to continue our broadcasting um, in the middle of Harvey and after Harvey. And it was in the days and weeks after Harvey. We ended up being at that location for 18 months. Yeah. So driving in to U of H at three in the morning and and when I would leave at noon, I would go down. We lived in Midtown at the time mm-hmm. or had we lived. We moved. We live in Sugarland now. But at the time <laughs> we're in Midtown. So I would just drive down Elgin mm-hmm. to get home. And I was like, oh, my goodness, a stray dog situation. Stray yeah. dogs everywhere. everywhere. I, and I my bubble went, it, yeah, because yeah. I was living in the bubble, and I didn't realize it just across the way were a ton of strays. And people who were also had their dogs uh, permanently tethered yeah. or chained outside, too. And I would get text messages. <laughs> I have a dog in my car. No, but but honestly, oh, no. the, the thing that always sort of struck me is that somehow that morphed from you taking a couple animals in and being struck to being something somebody that people <sighs> message and yes. text and facebook message constantly for yeah. help and yeah. i i'm assuming that's because you are considered a public figure but also because you have a, a heart of gold oh you're kind and and no, you help listen. people but does that does that i don't want to say weigh on you because obviously it's heartbreaking but how how is that for you to have people constantly oh my gosh, coming to no. you? First of all, I'm honored that they think I'm someone that they can make a plea to and maybe this girl can get the wheels turning yeah. and help me out with. You do. You get private messages all the time. There's a dog being abused over here. There's a dog that's been chained out in the heat for three days and it's not moving. You get those right. all the time and you you deal with them what you can. You notify authorities. Right. And I'm in. Goodness gracious. I just think about 
who else is inundated with messages for help. Right. Because you think about now we have some protection with the recent legislation mm-hmm. that was passed in, in terms of keeping dogs tethered outside or chained outside. And now we can't chain them and um, what have you, which is wonderful. But you also think about, OK, how can we enforce that? How right. is our law enforcement able to enforce that? Right. And I don't know if it's I don't think it's they don't want to enforce it, but they also have a priority list. Right. right? And and unfortunately, animals are going to not be at that top. Right. There's mm-hmm. so there's so much going on in different jurisdictions that they have to handle calls coming in left and right. Right. So you you put out the pleas to who you can and and you just. I say little prayers like, oh, gosh, I hope this animal gets the help. And sometimes yeah. I've, I've done drive-by my, yeah. drive-bys myself. Yeah. Not, I won't tell my husband, like, I'm going to go check this out. I'm just going to make sure. I've done that before. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, it's it's a tough, tough situation. And it's yeah. a heartbreaking one. And you wish you could save every single animal that you come across. Right. And then you're experiencing all of that on a personal level. Yeah. And then at the same time, going on air and yeah. reporting on the situation. I, right. I think... I think people don't realize necessarily how bad the situation is here in Houston. Um, Like you said, if they're in that bubble. Right. um, And because Houston is so big, like monstrously big, you can spend 90 percent of your time in one part of town or one little area and just not realize how bad the problem is. So you get to see it firsthand and then tell the world about it. Do you feel like people are getting it, that they're getting the message of how dire the situation is? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they'll hear a story of this animal was found abused or there's uh, I was just talking to Julie over at the Houston mm-hmm. SBCA and she was she contacts me with story ideas all the time. Sorry, I'm hitting the microphone. Um, and she said, gosh, we have so many. We have a lot of surveillance videos of animals being abused. I have seen those. That's an uptick. Yeah. And she goes, I don't know if I should submit them to you guys, if that's even content you want to put right. out there, because it is. It's very upsetting. It is. But it also can spur people to take action. Um <sighs> What was your original question? I start thinking about the videos and then <laughs> no, I go to I another know, place. No, it sends you off. But, but people, it, there's a line between showing the videos yeah. and showing people how bad the problem is, but right. also not like ruining somebody's entire life or day. I know. Because there's an element of wanting to protect people yeah. from the horrors of it. Right. You know, I know you have to say things like warning that what we're about sure. to show is disturbing. Right. Um, but it, it does sort of feel like those of us, which includes you, who are working every day on yeah. the front lines in the field, it almost feels like the story that we're seeing isn't always the story that's being told. Or maybe it, it's being told, but in a, a sort of a, a gentler way. Yes. Which yeah. maybe that isn't doing as much good as it should. Right. Absolutely. And I... I some we are going off of the information that a PIO is going to give us sure. as to what's going on in the video, who's been apprehended or not, and I know. And what we you will find is people will be infuriated by it, yeah. and they will message you this. You know, oh yeah, I mean all kinds of words all over, right? Which we totally <laughs> yeah. understand. Yeah, what's going to happen to him? And the the sad reality is. I, I don't know. I don't think that the punishment typically fits the crime when it comes to Not abuses always. against animals. I mean, yeah. our our companion animals aren't even considered sentient beings. Yeah, in the, in the state welcome of Texas. To so, Texas. I know. Welcome to Texas. So it's it's tough to say. Here's this video, and they want to know. Well, was this person arrested? Clearly, he's guilty of of torturing this per- this right. animal, and you can't even give them that, which right. I, I know they're they want. Um, right. I'll never forget there was a dog in the middle of one of the summers we had, which our summers are notoriously brutal, as we know, and a dog had collapsed on a chain. Um, and when I don't, I, I think it was precinct five. I forget who walked up on the house. Um, I think it was the Acres Homes area. Okay. So I'm not sure that I probably have my precincts wrong, but, um, the officer walked up and the, 
the dog owner was washing his car and the dog had perished at the end of this chain in the brutal heat. And he said, you know, sir, your dog is is on the ground over there. And someone got a picture of the animal from a neighboring balcony. Mm. And that went by, that went all over. Sure. And people were just, where, what happened? And um, I think the dog owners got death threats. Like it just it yeah. was, it, and I understand people's just absolute, just being livid about that. But, you know, the punishment, it was, I think it was still a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so telling that to the public after showing them the story, like, what yeah. do you mean that's a misdemeanor? Right. You know, and there's no database that I know of, at least where if you have something on the books where you've hurt an animal, whether or not it was intentional, mm-hmm. you can still go pick up another right. dog tomorrow right? Um, at any any municipality, any, yep. any county, city, private shelter so that's that's also a bit disheartening yeah only because if you have a a track record of animals dying on your watch should you really be allowed to bring another one right. into the home and you mentioned the fact that that people reach out and contact you and say do something about this yeah. and i've sort of always wondered does it work does it help if somebody because we get you know we as a, a animal welfare organization we are not a rescue. We don't take animals right, in, but right. we have people constantly messaging us saying, take this to the news. And, and we have, yeah. thank goodness, we have wonderful relationships with with reporters and, and anchors like yeah. you who will put the story out. But does it work? Does does simply making the world aware of it actually have the intended consequence that I think that people are looking for? I think what they're looking for is change. So I don't know if it's getting there. Yeah. I think that that, gosh, and, then, and I'm always the one in the newsroom, and my, I know my manager's looking like, oh, Lord, here she comes. She's going to pitch another <laughs> animal story. And I go, this is happening. And it it honestly it depends on the news of the day. Yeah. What else is breaking, which sounds terrible. I know. To someone I know. not in the news, they're going, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. This isn't serious enough for you to put on. But it is all dependent upon what else is filling our newscast that day. Um, if something like Highland Park happens, right. everything goes out the window. And right. it's just nonstop coverage of whatever that is. So... It just depends on the content of the day, which is is awful. Maybe you can pick up the story the next day. Sure. But I think for me anyway, as an animal lover, if I'm a viewer, I want to know, okay, so this is happening. What are our leaders doing about this? Right. And we, I don't think we ever get around to that. I don't think there have been a number of um, dog attacks. And I mean, there's... Unfortunately, tragically, there are dog attacks all over the place over the years that I've been here. Um, And, you know, you'll rush to cover that. But I'll say, can we take it a step further and figure out, well, was 311 ever called? Mm -hmm. Do we have the amount of animal control officers on the street to even answer a 311 call of roaming packs of dogs? Yeah. Um, Can do do mothers and fathers feel safe with their kids walking to the bus stop in the morning? Mm -hmm. They're just things. I don't know if we necessarily chase down what can be done on a preventative measure way to to prevented that attack or or who was called and and do we even have the enforcement necessary? It it feels almost like the and and this is not the fault of really anybody because like you said there are stories there are time limits on how much time yeah, you can spend on something that you have to follow but it sort of feels like the nugget is here's what happened here's who was affected yeah and then it stops and then we switch on to the next story and it and it also feels like a lot of what we're covering you know we just talking about the free adoptions that are going on because shelters are full and yeah. and the administrators from city and county shelters will get up and say you know we're full. Right. Please come adopt. But the, there's more to the story, which is we're full because 
owners don't have access to veterinary care and they can't get their dogs spayed or neutered or they're getting evicted because they have one too many. You know, there's there's more to the story. There's more to the story. And what I and now I'm going to get on a soapbox, but it it almost (laughs) feels like what ends up happening as as a result of how it's presented and how it's portrayed is that the pet owners are demonized because the only part of the story we hear is there's an influx of dog surrenders or Mm -hmm. cat surrenders at the shelter. Mm -hmm. And that's all we know about. We don't know why they're coming in. We don't know, you know, you see those, uh, of course, I'm one of those people who follows the dodo. And I see all these unbelievably heart-wrenching stories about people who surrender their pets with all of their toys and a photo album of the happy life this animal has. Mm -hmm. But, But what we see and what we are presented as the consumers of news is there are too many dogs at the shelter right come adopt and we'll give it to you for free right and that's where the story sort of ends Mm -hmm. so i i'm wondering how people you know average houstonian or someone in animal welfare can help tell that story better that that people are suffering too that it's not just the animals no and it's often connected right anytime i've done block walking to like say hey do you need assistance with your animals or you always find out the human connection right they're doing the best that they can most times in my experience right dog owners that i would otherwise probably be judgmental of (laughs) sure walk up and you talk and you listen about their life experience and what they're going through maybe they just lost a job Mm -hmm. maybe their dog does need vet care but they don't have 400 bucks to drop right now right so they're going, if you can help me, absolutely. I love that dog, you yeah. know? Um, so it's 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 awful that that's the side that you do hear, like, oh, we have all these owner surrenders. Right. I used to be that girl, like, <laughs> who's going to surrender their dog? I would, I would never. Yeah. And then you go, you listen to stories. Like, I've been out of work for three months. I can't right. even afford. In their mind, this is, and maybe it is, the best thing for the animal. Right. And I have, after seeing how many people will just abandon a dog in a parking lot, mm-hmm. God bless you for at least having the heart to walk them into a shelter and right. say, hey, I can't do it. Can you at least find them, find the dog or cat right. at home? You and, know? and there's an added layer to that, which is, you know, you have to make the heartbreaking decision to do it. And then the fear of judgment by the people who are taking the animal. And I will say, having worked in these shelters, yeah. most of these people are consummate professionals. Yes. And there is there is not that a judgment exchange right. there, fortunately. But that right. isn't always the case. Right. And, you know, media these days does also include social media. And that is a minefield. Yes. I honestly, like if I, I it's part of my job. As a human person, aside from my job, I really don't like to be on, on Facebook. It is, no. it is an upsetting <clears throat> place in animal welfare. Because, it of is. course, most of the people I know... <laughs> are posting videos and pictures of animals. And I see this almost like a cycle of, you know, there's something bad happening and people are going to the news and the news does a story and then people share the news story and then it it like feeds on itself in this really weird cannibalistic rage. And then what you end up with is like a mob, an Mm -hmm. angry mob who cannot be convinced of anything. Right. Ever. And right. I just don't know how I don't know how to f- how we fix that. I it's an excellent question. It's just like this this anger. Yeah. Um, over what started as let's get the word out about this. Yeah. And then it kind of turns into I don't, some people turn on each other. Oh, well, it's social. I mean, you know, the, Ooh, boy. 
Yeah. It's, it's dangerous out there it on the, the social on web. The social. I, I just I wish there was a way because I will say this for social media. A lot of good actually does happen on there. The lost and found pages, people get reunited with their pets. I lured a stray in with Kane's chicken a couple, you know, a year and a half ago who was wandering the streets. And when I posted her on Nextdoor, I had so many people who said, we have been trying to catch that dog for weeks. If you need any help. And I found her a home Mm -hmm. before I'd even taken her to the vet. Wow. So like, yay. Yay. There are some benefits of having this really social interconnected thing where we can all communicate with each other. But sometimes it feels like, ooh, the positive is outweighed by by rage yeah dare i say and like i don't know if there's a i don't i don't know that someone can get on a camera and say please stop yelling at each other i know because honestly you get ratings right you get you get more (laughs) post clicks yeah (laughs) which is that is a measurement it's part of the business but but i i have this like nagging feeling that part of what needs to change in addition to spay and neuter and right. and, and in, in addition to microchipping, which we're now and, and taking animals off of chains and all that. There's an educational element that's missing. And we have this platform. We have this fabulous social media and, you know, traditional media platform where we can educate people yes. about pet care, but also about what life is like for a person in the world who maybe can't afford all the things right. that they want. And mm-hmm. I, I, my plea. Um, if anyone of her bosses are listening, let Lisa do stories on this. Cause I, I do oh, think, man. I think people want to feel compassion. Yes. I think they want to have the opportunity to feel love and compassion, but they don't see where they can feel that because there's just so much wrong and negative and sad that. Yeah. That it's defeating. Yeah. It's depressing. You can't get past it. I know. And I love that people want to help, but I yeah. think you're right. I think it has to come at them in a more a palatable way. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, right? I, there's a. I'm not going to say what the word is. It's it's um, rescue something that starts with a P, where people really focus on these gory photos. Oh, and yeah. and it's it's like Ugh. they f- they feed off of that. Where they see this and they reshare it, and I don't. I worked in animal welfare for a decade. You've seen it all. I've seen it You've in seen person. It I don't want to yeah. open up my Instagram feed and scroll past and see some horribly maimed animal. Um, and I think, like what we talked about before, people you want to show them that it's happening. Yeah, and but I understand they are they're fundraising. Right, I get it. Right, but it is hard to look at, and it's it's hard to look at, and it's hard to then feel inspired. <laughs> Because then you're just like, oh, I know it was horrible. I, my mother is a big dog person back home in SoCal, mm-hmm. and she'll call. Oh, I have a husky in my front yard today. I'm gonna try. <laughs> Great, Mama's retired, so okay. she's. Like, <laughs> but I will send her things like, look at. She's like, I'm not even gonna open mm-hmm. that. I don't know what that is. I'm like, no, it's nothing horrific. Yeah. but it's just um, the Sarah yeah. McLaughlin starts the, playing. No, the background. there's no, no Sarah. No, okay, she's she's banned from our house. I can't <sighs> watch this. I can't. I appreciate. Uh, ASPCA yeah. and the the fundraising, but those images, oh. I know. But I guess they're there for they serve right. a purpose. It works. It works for yeah. some people. Maybe not mm-hmm. for me. I may not be that target audience. Right. Um, but it it works and it it spurs. And if look if it if it gets somebody to donate or if it gets somebody to foster, right. then then great. But I I I like to think that somewhere along the way we can find a way to educate people from a place of understanding and compassion, yeah. so that the rescue world doesn't become quite so ragey. It's, yeah. 
And but I feel sometimes like I think we're some justified. Are, yeah, we there's a lot wrong out there for <laughs> we, us to be ragey. We, oh man, just she and I have had many private conversations <laughs> about just, what's going on in Houston and Greater Houston. Sad. It's sad. It's it's horrifying yeah. out there. What's happening um, with with animals? I have to give a shout out to Gloria Zenteno and Barrio Dogs. Who's oh, talking about education? Yes, and she is one of Gloria, our partners. Yes, we love her. It was her. amazing, and I actually interviewed her when I my first year here because wow. she was she I. I think I contacted her. I thought, oh, this is her community. East End is very mm-hmm. much the, the community where I grew up in Southern California. Yeah. Very similar demographic. So I I was attracted to that. I'm like, what are you doing out there? She's like, oh, I'm going door to door on bilingual. We go in yep. English and Spanish and we talk to people about uh, just if it's if it's part of the culture that that dogs aren't viewed as a member of the family. Mm-hmm. We're going to say, hey, this is how you care for them. This is what they need right. in not a judgmental way. No. And she's she's wonderful. Oh, she's yeah. so kind and she just has a way with people. But I kind of shadowed her and I didn't realize she has a program where she sends, she takes one of the rescue dogs yep. and they're not a traditional rescue. They're nope. more preventative education yep. wise, a nonprofit. But they go into the local elementary school mm-hmm. and they sit with, with kids yeah. where it starts. Yes. Who then maybe go home to their parents and say, no, this is how we're going to, this is what I learned today about oh, yeah. what the dog needs. And maybe the dog shouldn't be outside 24 hours. Seven. And, you know, I just think things like that that might not seem like a big deal to some folks. It's everything. It's huge. Well, yeah. we used to go into the critter camp and see these yes. these critter children critter. who they are a blank canvas yeah. in terms of animal and yeah. animal welfare and animal care and having the opportunity to experience animals and, and learn about them, which I don't I haven't obviously haven't been in elementary school in a really long time. <laughs> I don't remember ever learning about compassionate animal care right. growing up. I mean, right. I was fortunate to grow up with pets and, you know, we had a zoo nearby and I mm-hmm. always loved animals, but I don't ever remember learning about it yeah. outside of my home. Same. And so if that's the only place that children are having this sort of education yeah. and their parents maybe haven't had the opportunity either, mm-hmm. then, yeah, programs that go into schools, that go into neighborhoods, that go door to door and meet people where they're at, mm-hmm. I think could make a, just an absolute monster yes. difference yes. in how the animals are treated here. Because while things are sad, they are trending, hopefully, in the right direction. Yeah. Um, the, the groups, you know, Houston Pet Set that we grant to who are on the street every day picking up animals and doing all right. this amazing work. Thank goodness for them. Thank um, the Lord. I just I I feel like so much of what we are able to do feels like a Band-Aid until we address those root 100%. causes. It's like education and spay neuter and, and microchip and affordable vet care and all of these things. Mm-hmm. If we can just figure out how to tell people about them. Yes. In a an educational constructive way without demonizing, it feels like we could make a really big difference. That's the key, without demonizing. Yeah. Cuz when you talk to folks and you realize their intent is not to harm that like, well, I let my dog roam, she likes to roam. Yeah. You know, she's intact. She's in heat. Yeah. Stuff's going to happen. Yeah. And then you have litter after litter. Yeah. So, I just when you talk about people um educating, I think of Dr. Crumb. God bless Dr. Yes. Crumb. Um her cl- she opened an, a clinic on OST, right? Yes, Laurel's House yes. and, and Safe Haven and Safe Haven. Yeah. So shout out to them and I, Anna Barbosa, mm-hmm. who you with K nine one one rescue. I thought of um, do you remember Gus, the dog who was found at the embedded oh, collar I remember with a massive old Gus. swollen yeah. head? Uh, that was her her rescue that pretty much got him all, got. It. Spearheaded his recovery yeah. with the help of A and M, and then brought him back to Houston. Anyway. Um, 
Oh gosh, Sandy Rockmore. I have so many stories. I'm going to bore everyone. But Sandy Rockmore wrote a book and she is a good friend of mine and she knows Anna well. And they kind of got together and wrote this book about oh, Gus fabulous. and put it into some elementary schools. So that helps with education too. I didn't too. know Gus had a book. Gus has a book. <gasps> And I got oh, a signed a, copy from my eldest oh my daughter. Gosh. What a celebrity. And I said, Taylor, you're reading the, every day we're reading. Yes, <laughs> we're going to sit down. I just have to say, like, it warms my heart that you know all of these people. I have and that so you many stories. And I wish that I was coherent. I've been up since two in the morning. I'm sorry. It's been a <laughs> long time. If you hadn't said anything. really old. <laughs> nobody would have known. And I'm really old. You could have just played it <laughs> off. Nobody would have known. Sorry, but it like makes more sense at like 5 a.m. But but, anyway. but the fact of the matter is, I think people see somebody like you and they're like, what does she know? But oh, legit, yeah. you are like on your hands and knees picking I, up dogs. I have done that. Yes, I have done that. Yeah, I have done that. I've been um, I've helped trap a dog um, in Pearland. That guy, nice. I mean, I've, I've had dogs poop in the back of my SUV at Obviously. least half a dozen times, which is an interesting party <laughs> to get all that out. <laughs> And you you're got, just driving a, what's that smell? You gotta get the weather this tech. Dog, this dog that I just collected from the shelter, who I'm gonna hold on to here for a couple, oh, he just pooped all over my SUV. And there's oh, nothing and I can do nothing, about and it. And I'm on 59, <laughs> bumper to bumper traffic. Amazing. Just roll the windows down a smidge. You know what? I don't know. Because that sucker's gonna jump out. The oh, okay. I mean, I don't Fair trust, enough. I love you, shelter dogs, but I don't trust you. Yeah. Because you want out. Right out the you car. Were, they're so quick to get in your car, they don't stop to relieve themselves. They're yeah. like, no, lady, just get me and then they get just out of here. So I keep the yeah. windows up, the AC's blowing, we're just all going to smell like That's poop why I, I have the, the, the like weather tech, all the stuff in weather. my car because I, I just got a new car. Way. I haven't put a dog in this one yet, <laughs> but if I do, it's going in the back on the rubberized plastic stuff because that's, that that does not come it, out. It does not. It's... um. It stays with it stays with you for a while. I also feel like if I went through my phone, <laughs> I have pictures of you, selfies with a dog behind you, at least Listen, three. When I was at KTU, <laughs> this angel right here, I would be on on the way, 9 a.m. on like a Thursday. Lisa, it's Lisa. Listen, I just picked up a dog <laughs> on Elgin. I'm I'm I don't I'm bringing her to you. It's I coming here. She's like, okay, psycho, I guess. bring her here. It's, that was me. I'd be the crazy lady, like rain or whatever, in my anchor clothes mm -hmm. with my crazy makeup because this is studio makeup, so it oh, looks yeah. crazy in real in real life. You're looking at me like it you're doesn't. nuts. It's Get funny. out of the car and chase a dog down. I'd be the girl in the middle like this. Come here. Okay, and the cars are like trying to go around, like <laughs> laying on the horn, like I'm trying to save a dog, pal. Do you know who I am? <laughs> no. no, you would never. I would never. You would never. Because the answer would be no. We don't know <laughs> who you. Who are you? You're in the middle of the road. The dog. Is who you are. And I would call Lisa Tynan. And yeah. you would you'd say, okay, just bring just her. Just bring it. No, but but honestly, <laughs> truthfully though, it's I, I do feel like people so often, and, and actually we talked about this in, in the last episode, so often people feel helpless. And they say the yeah, the number one, I feel like if I if I did one of those like word puzzle thingies that that show like the most commonly yes. used phrases yes. it would be somebody do something yes and that somebody people need to feel empowered that it doesn't oh, you don't have to be an expert animal handler to right. go get some chicken nuggets right. and lure a dog into your backyard right. and then call somebody then who can call come help somebody. or you know put food and water out for a cat until somebody yeah. can come don't do that regularly because then you're gonna they end up with feral cats be there. they will be there, forever. Be there forever but <laughs> but you can do something. You don't have to wait for somebody else to do I it. Know. Even if you are in six-inch pumps and right. a, a bodycon dress. I no, I don't wear any of that. <laughs> I'm post-baby, okay? That doesn't have, that's not in my closet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I'm, I'm sorry. Those shoes have really these big heels. Are, no. Um, no, but I, I think you're right. People need to feel like this. Even if you might think it means nothing to do X, Y, Z, just any amount of yeah. help, whether it's just coaxing a dog or cat off the street. And if you have a crate and then I don't think folks know. OK, at that point, Lisa, then what do I do? What do I do? Then who do I call? Because usually the next step is posting it on their personal Facebook page mm-hmm. and saying, does anybody know what I should do? Right. So should I put on my educational hat i mean really so houston pet set i will say right off the bat we um have a a website that we use basically that we have gathered resources local uh veterinary clinics and other animal rescues and welfare groups that can take animals in and it's searchable by zip code and it's giveourpetsahand.org g-o-p-a-h.org that's where we send people to go um because really what we're seeing a lot of right now is people saying i found this mama cat and kittens all of the shelters are full i don't want to take her in there to get euthanized and and while i understand where they're coming from i mean sometimes that is the only option because the rescues are too yes that's a huge point right because i think people feel like that's the worst fate for an animal and it honestly you know and it sounds so i know we've had so many conversations i know Uh, i know but it isn't you know there obviously there are times where that isn't the outcome that should happen right a litter of of socialized kittens right just because you don't have space should not be euthanized exactly but if there are animals who have been just absolutely ravaged by the street who are right. sick who are right. aggressive who can't be handled feral cats right. sort of fall in that category right. true true feral cats mm-hmm. i mean there are stray cats and there are feral cats mm-hmm. um sometimes it is the kinder outcome and and houston pet set is does, makes no you know like secret of the fact that we believe humane euthanasia should be an outcome for some animals uh-huh. the problem becomes when the only reason they're being euthanized is for space yes. and that's where the rescues and the shelters and everybody need to get on the same page and figure out an alternative right that isn't just warehousing right amen because we don't just want them sitting in a kennel and we don't want to have to close intake right and that's been the case with yeah. i've never i i don't recall a time when Public shelters, the city shelters and the county shelters said, sorry, we're not taking we any can't, dogs. And we they can't. And and it's so easy to just say, how dare you just open back up again? But if there's nowhere to put the animals, there's nowhere to put the animals. And if the result is just mass euthanasia, mm-hmm. the people who work at those organizations don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. They are human beings. So right. it's this vicious, horrible cycle yeah. of no space, people finding more animals. And it's just, whoa, we're stuck in it. But we're going to yeah. get out of it. We're going to get out of it. And when people find pets and they don't know what to do with them, consider a shelter if there is no other alternative. But if you are adamant, foster. Yeah. If you can foster, all you need is a bathroom. It's true. How many fosters? What's your max of fosters that you've had at one time? Or animal? I should say animals, because you end up failing is, and adopting. Is my half HOA of them. listening, or what are we talking about? Here? <laughs> blink the number of I'm animals blink. that you've had. <laughs> I have temporarily my home had seven. Okay, so oh that's gosh. that's like a, I see my husband's face right now, like. God that's, bless a, that's a that's a lot of animals. It's a lot. It was with too much two for babies. us with two youngins. <laughs> uh, yes. And they have never known a home without dogs and chaos. God bless my girls. Yeah. But no, it's it's it was too much. We took on more than we should have. Yeah. But sometimes you just feel, well, wh- where else am I going to put this dog? Yeah. Where am I going to put this sweet dog? I'm going to kick him out? We're going to spay and neuter the problem away. That's, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're, we need. We're preventative there. measures. Yeah. And affordable veterinary care. We're going to make our laundry list, our list of demands. Can we just win the Powerball? 
and then and then hire our own vets like drive around yeah. all southeast the entire state i don't play the, the lottery so state. i don't know how i'm gonna win it but okay. somebody should do someone that. should do it is there yeah. a pool we can join Ooh, Sorry, there's an idea playing? we're gonna get all the rescues together <laughs> <laughs> this is collaboration is so important and if that means we're all putting in a pool lottery pool then that's what we'll do oh, and that's what'll work my goodness. we accidentally yes. <laughs> talked for like twice as long as we oh, had no. planned oh my gosh look at us so that we knew this was gonna happen though. chatty kathy i know um, this has been Conversations for the Animals, the Lisa and Lisa, Lisa, and Lisa podcast Lisa show. Um, this was everything I had hoped and dreamed that it would be. Um, we had breakfast at first watch over on, on 90 in Sugarland saying we need to head. We podcast. need a podcast. We need a podcast. So this this is the actual realization of like two years of dreaming. Yes. And I but I, aside from the fact that like. I adore you. You Same. have such a wonderful insight into this world that oh, not a lot of us have because you get this really big bird's eye view yeah. of what's going on. And yeah. I think the more we can listen to people who have the lived experience but are telling us what the problem mm -hmm. is and how mm -hmm. we can fix it, let's actually mm -hmm. pay attention and listen and do something. About yes, it. indeed. Can I give a shout out to the rescuers? Yes. I just want to say to everyone out there who rescues, um, and huts for mutts, y'all got me started post-Harvey with touring Third Ward and helping out, going block walking and helping folks out with their dogs. But um, to everyone who does, even if, you, even if it's the tiniest thing in your mind, thank you for what you do. I know the level of exhaustion is through the roof right now and people are just people who do this every day yeah. on top of their full work week and families and spouses and they're cleaning the house whatever else they still go out and they save lives so yeah. i appreciate you and i know that it's it's hell right now because it seems like we can't even scratch the surface with what we're doing but we are doing it we are and we're not going to stop are. doing I'm it. I'm grateful to those who do it like full yeah. time. You guys are my heroes. So No, you. No. No, you. And you guys are amazing. Thank you so much, Miss Lisa Thank Hernandez. Thank you for tolerating me oh. for a full 37 minutes. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's fine. <laughs> like I thought it was two hours. Oh, my, oh my God. This has been Conversations for the Animals with Houston Pet Set. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>